Hello and welcome back to the Ear Fuel Podcast. As always, I'm Joel Freemark, and you can follow me on Twitter at, at @getearfuel and at the Daily Guru. The podcast is always available in the iTunes and Google Play stores under Ear Fuel and at getearfuel.com. Happy 2018, everyone! Woohoo! It is going to be a great year in music. I hope. But since 2017 is now finally officially over, we can look back on it. 2017 was an amazing year for new music, possibly the best of the decade thus far. Yeah, actually, I don't know. 2014 was pretty stellar, but 2017 yielded a ton of great records as well as some pretty big misses. So with that in mind, I would like to welcome you all to the first annual EarFuel Music Awards. We've got about a dozen honors to bestow upon the best, worst, and outright confusing of the year. And I encourage all of the winners to stop by the podcast, or if you can't make it, you can tweet at me with a video acceptance speech or rant. The first category in the EarFuel Music Awards is the Why Do I Keep Hoping You'll Change Award. This goes to a once-solid band that spent the past 15, 20 years creating progressively more uninspired records. Yet for some stupid reason, I keep getting my hopes up that with every new release, they might remember how to rock again. It's like Charlie Brown and that damn football. And even with this award, I know that I will be anxiously awaiting their next record, holding out for the ever smaller chance that it might punch my teeth in again. Along with the award, the band will receive a frustrated sigh from me as a parting gift. And the winner of the Why Do I Keep Hoping You'll Change Award goes to the Foo Fighters and their album Concrete and Gold. I've suffered through this record about half a dozen times, and it's as flat as month-old Pepsi. The songwriting is uninspired, the songwriting is predictable, and the riffs are... wait, there are no riffs. The record is frustratingly bland for a band that boasts the level of talent that they do. I don't want to waste any more time on this record. Get your damn house in order, Dave Grohl. Oh, sorry, your parting gift. (sighs) To cleanse our ears, let's go to the polar opposite with the next award, the Right, You Can Still Rock Our Faces Off Award. You see... There really is a reason that I keep hoping certain bands will turn it around and find their roots again, because once in a very great while, it actually occurs. There are these special moments when a band rises from the ashes of a string of mediocre to bad albums and reminds you why you dug them in the first place. We all know these moments, and let's be honest, we love these moments. It's not only a reaffirmation that you were right to love the band in the first place, but you can also put it in the face of your hater friends and say, ha ha ha, see, they can still rock harder than your favorite band. Now this year's winner is not an all-time favorite of mine, but it is a band I've been listening to for most of my life, and I play them a few times a month. They're also a band who, in my opinion, had only put out one decent record in the past 20 years and zero since 2007 but the album they released at the beginning of October might just be the best damned hard rock metal-ish record of the year. And so the award for You Can Still Rock Our Faces Off goes to Marilyn Manson and their latest effort, Heaven Upside Down. I discussed this record at length a few episodes ago, but this album 
begs to be cranked to 11, and it packs more kick-ass rock awesomeness into 47 minutes than anybody else has in a very long time. For the most part, they've done away with the pretension and the overdone spectacle of it all, and gotten back to just being a killer rock band. So along with the award, the band is getting a dual devil horns from me. You can't see it, but trust me, they got them. Speaking of records I really dug, the next award is for the tastiest ear candy of the year. While I love rock and punk, and I do love me some rock and punk, there is a special place in my heart for ambient, spaced out soundscapes, and this year had a number of fantastic offerings. Late in the year, a release to outshine them all came out, and sadly, I was a few weeks late to the party on this one. Granted, we were welcoming a child to the universe around that time, but I'm still a bit bummed that a few days went by before I had these outstanding sounds swirling in my brain. The album in question runs 40 minutes spread over four tracks, yet within seconds of the first sounds, you're transported to an empty place. But, you know, that that good sort of empty space... There are elements of drone, uh, electronic, synth, and minimalism here, among other things, but don't get caught up in what people are calling it. Get caught up in what it is. The record is a true titan of atmospheric bliss, and it redefines words like beauty, peace, and chill. So I'm proud to present this year's winner of the Tastiest Ear Candy Award to the album Titan's Island by Ancient Ocean. I cannot say enough about this record. I absolutely love it. It's just one of those where you turn it on, you turn your mind off, you're taken away, and all you want to do when it's over is play it again. Ancient Ocean, Titan's Island, check it out. Jumping about as far as possible in terms of mood, the next award is for 2017's most totally fucked up, but I totally love it album. On many levels, this is actually my favorite category. This award is for albums that are outright assaults on your ears, your mind, and your general well-being. There's an aggression and a bite to them that borders on chaotic, but it's reined in just enough that you find yourself saying, Damn! This is outstanding. It's completely fucked up outstanding, but outstanding nonetheless. I will admit that I crossed paths with this brilliant beast of an album after asking a fellow music obsessive what they were really digging in 2017. I think the conversation occurred in late August, and I was instantly hooked on this record. Now, this is sort of one of those records you kind of keep a secret, and you only pass along to the other tortured souls that you know, as recommending this to others might cost you some friendships, or at least have people looking at you kind of strange, but trust me, It is worth it. I can't even give a fitting description of the style or sound, so I'll just go ahead and present the award for Totally Fucked Up, but I totally love it, to Pharmacon's Contact album. Make no mistake, Contact is an all-out assault on your senses, and it may be a bit difficult for some people to get past just how perfectly abrasive it is. Also, you may want to avoid this in the evenings, as it might induce nightmares, It's that good. You know what? I think you can describe this record as that duality that occurs when you throw up. Stick with me here. Stick with me. So, it totally sucks to puke. We know that. This is crazy. But you know how even in that most horrible of moments when you're actually puking, you have that catharsis as the bad whatever it is clears out of your system? That's sort of what this record is. 
angry, harsh, unsettling, but damn if it doesn't feel good. Pharmacon. That is Pharmacon with a K. The album is called Contact. Enjoy this one. When it comes to albums that made a lot of noise this year, the next award is perfect. As it is called the Is It Really That Good Award? This is for albums that are hailed as the greatest thing ever recorded the second they come out. And usually due to the stature of the artist, nobody actually criticizes the record. Past winners include Aphex Twin, Jack White, Eminem, Black Keys. The list goes on and on and on. You know these records. This year, however, the winner might be more controversial than ever, as we are truly dealing with one of the most talented performers ever, maybe on a good day. I'm so torn on this person, but I am not at all torn on the album. You see, this was an album nobody was really expecting to happen, and the hype around it was pretty hard to top and pretty hard to get away from. Also, the way that this record was released was, well, it was annoying. It, it really was. It was a self-serving gimmick, but all of that is beside the point of the record itself. The album. I mean, it's, it's got some high points across the brief 36-minute runtime, but from beginning to end, it's mediocre at best. It's not even the best album that this performer has released, and yet the internet and the world continue to put it so high on a pedestal, its true form can no longer be seen. So the Is It Really That Good Award goes to Jay-Z's 444, and no, it's not that good. Hate me all you want, but this album is far more bark than bite. The hype machine continues to work overtime in trying to make people believe that this is a landmark release, but it just isn't. I almost fell out of my chair the other week when the Grammys nominated it for the highest honors, but as usual, it shows what they know. But like I said, there are one, maybe two great songs on this album, but the majority is filler. The beats aren't all that impressive. Lyrically, this is seriously lacking. I mean, this is Jay-Z we're talking. One of the better, if not one of the best lyricists ever in hip-hop, and these rhymes are just not up to par for him. Jay-Z needs to stick to guest spots as he is in danger of ruining his greatest of all-time legacy. We can have that debate later. But 444 just is not that good. Get over it. Okay, let's take a breather for a moment. A little commercial break, if you will, but not a commercial. In that brief moment, I want to mention Neil Young's album, Hitchhiker. This is that not new, new record that he released this year. It was recorded back in 76, and if you're into that era of Neil Young, you need this album. I thoroughly enjoyed it, so yeah, that is our brief break in the action. There are just three more awards before we get to my pick for Album of the Year. Woohoo! Such anticipation, right? Anyway, the next two awards are similar as I'm going to be handing out the prizes for trying to be too clever and then the award for trying to be too cool. I am all about taking chances musically and pushing your sonic boundaries. I dig that. I really do. Some of my favorite artists of all time have spent their entire careers refusing to make similar sounding albums, and it's a really difficult thing to succeed at but it also tends to leave a very cool catalog in its wake. However, there are those misses, those musical miscues, and they can be outright brutal. You know, those records that you were really hoping would be amazing, but instead test your perseverance and dedication to the artist? Yeah, we've all been there. 
You know what? I don't want to dwell too long on the trying to be too clever award. As I discussed it at length a few episodes back, it goes to Bjork's Utopia and it breaks my heart. She remains one of my favorite artists ever, but this record is just plain bad. She and Arca hit it out of the park with their previous work on the Volnicura record, and I believe Utopia suffers from an overabundance of trying to be too clever. There was no one around to tell them when a sound didn't work or when a song just wasn't right. They were kind of on their genius musician high horse, and in the end, it bit them bad. So let's just move on to the trying to be too cool award. Part of me wants to name this award in honor of Arcade Fire, as everything they do is the epitome of trying to be too cool, but saying their name too many times kind of gives me ulcers, so let's push forward. 2017 actually provided two completely different cases of trying so hard to be cool that they actually both deserve the award. On one side, you have an artist that took a very sharp musical turn and attempted to cash in on the hipster culture of the moment. The album this person created is laughably bad, and from the style of the songs to the lyrics to the actual album art, it's almost painful how hard they're trying to be the coolest person around. On the other side, you have an artist choosing a very obvious marketing ploy for a record, and while their own fan base will eat it up like Augustus Gloop in the Chocolate Factory, to all outsiders, it is a cringe-worthy level of trying to be too cool. So the first of those awards goes to Dan Auerbach's album, Waiting for a Song. God, this record is so bad. I've given it a number of chances throughout the year, but it's just terrible. I mean, we get it. You're trying to make a warm, hipster-friendly throwback album. Really, we, we got it. But the songs are just so forced, and they come off as inauthentic, kind of like the cover. It's all about image, and the lack of substance is obvious. Dan, you're a much better musician than this. Stop trying to be too cool. The co-winner of the Trying to Be Too Cool Award goes to, I mean, this one's obvious, right? It's Taylor Swift and her Reputation album. The entire album and release is a masterclass in trying to be too cool, but the Swifties don't care at all. There is not a song on this album worth listening to twice or even once in some cases. Her attempt to push this new persona, even in a satirical manner, which I believe it is, is a complete miss, and Reputation has a perfect inverse of album sales to album quality. Don't get me wrong, I am a fan of Taylor Swift. I enjoyed large parts of 1989 in her earlier records, so this isn't just hate on Tay-Tay time. The record is just bad, and I just said Tay-Tay, didn't I? Well, yep, it's on record, so you all heard it. This record is just bad. At every turn, she's going all out to be the coolest kid in town. So, thanks, Taylor. As a fan, this record, well, look what you made me do. See what I did there? All right, we're almost there, and I am falling apart, so we better wrap this up soon, right? Album of the Year is up next, because before we get to my favorite, let's look at what was, for me, the most disappointing album of 2017. Let's call it the Letdown Award. Previous winners include Dr. Dre's Compton, Tori Amos's Night of Hunters, Prince's Hit and Run, and Jay Maskus's Tied to a Star. And just so you know, the runner-up for this award was Run the Jewels 3. I'm not saying it was a bad record. I'm not. Don't, don't reach through your listening device and try and hit me. I am not saying it's a bad record. I'm saying it's miles from what I'd hoped it would be. It's far from what I think LP and Mike can accomplish, and I was just disappointed in the final product. To be completely honest, 
RTJ3 was the winner of this award for nearly the entire year, but it was unseated in October by an even more disappointing release. Disappointment is a very personal thing. We all have different expectations from records, and one person's most disappointing might be another person's favorite. With the winner this year, that is truer than most. This is an artist that can play a very wide range of styles, and each record does tend to have a unique feel to it. However, the tones and kind of the experience of albums can often be grouped together with many people saying, you know, some of the records are sibling albums, and I'm fine with that line of reasoning. But the last time out, this artist hit a grand slam, a true gem of a record. While I was in no way expecting anything on that level again, I didn't think I would find the new album so disagreeable. It's to the point that I struggle to find anything nice to say about the album. I mean, I know musically it's good and the lyrics aren't terrible, yet there's not a moment of this record I enjoy. So that leads to the outright disappointment and a runaway winner for this year's most disappointing album going to Beck's Colors. I really don't even like saying it, but it's true. To me, this record has no redeeming qualities, and with as much talent as Beck certainly has, I don't know, it's just really disappointing to me. Let's move on. We don't need to dwell on this. Now, before we get to the final award, the big one, I do want to mention a few other records I really enjoyed this year, and you can see these as my yet-to-be-mentioned honorable mentions for my album of the year pick. Julie Burns' Not Even Happiness is outright gorgeous and stunningly powerful. You must check this one out, as I listen to it all the time. Lionize's Nuclear Soul continues their trek into all that is groovy riff. They were on the podcast earlier this year, and for those who love rock, this is a must-own of 2017. Nine Inch Nails' Add Violence, Goldfrapp's Silver Eye, and Heater's Matterhorn round out the honorable mentions, as they are all very well worth the listen. So that leaves us with just one more, the one you've all been waiting for, the The Ear Fuel Fuel Album Album of of the the Year. year. Woo! Yeah! 2017 had two records that, for me, were miles ahead of the rest in terms of quality. Both albums are more than worthy of the award, but of course, like Highlander, there can be only one. Let's cut to the chase. The runner-up to me was Kendrick Lamar's Damn Album. A great record. Possibly a legendary record. But it takes second place to another one for me this year. My winner for Album of the Year for 2017 was well beyond unexpected. That is to say... I didn't expect to like this album nearly as much as I do. I figured I'd give it a spin or two and move on, but there may be no other record I've listened to in full more times this year. Mind you, this is an artist that before this record I really hadn't spent much time with musically. I was aware of their previous recordings, yet never listened to their other albums in full or even large part. I'll also say that since becoming enamored with this album, I've tried their other records and I don't like them nearly as much. To me, that says that this is indeed a very special record, and it will also be the first time I'm giving the award to a non-guitar-centric record. Through my videos, Death and Taxes magazine, and all the other outlets, I've been giving out a Best Album of the Year award for nearly a decade. This is going to be the first time it's not guitar-centric, and it's also going to be the first time anything resembling pop music will take the honor. 
And now that I think about it, I actually don't think I've ever given top honors to something this mainstream, and yet there's been zero question or hesitation in my mind for weeks on this one. And yep, that's right. My winner for Album of the Year is Lord's Melodrama. I unapologetically adore this album and everything about it. The rhythms, the melodies, the atmospheres, just superb. The flow from song to song is flawless, both musically and lyrically, as she weaves a loose concept around relationships and life in general. The ebb and flow are spot on, and I find myself digging every song on the album at different times. There's this dusky undercurrent throughout the album, alongside an openness that you rarely hear these days, especially in the pop world. There's enough space for all the sounds and feelings to become fully realized, yet it avoids being even remotely minimalist. It's, it's, it's all about balance. Nothing is overdone. Everything is where it needs to be and in the right proportions, and that in itself is a rarely achieved feat. Adding to that balance, Lord's voice works perfectly on these tracks and feels natural at every turn. Both in terms of the range and her tenor, there's not a misstep to be found, and that also applies to the lyrics. This is not pop tween stuff. The words are fitting and mature and occasionally profound. This is no guilty pleasure. This is a fantastic album that I'm very glad I gave an honest chance to, and it's a reminder to try and keep your preconceived notions at bay because you never know when an album is going to really connect with you, even when it's outside of your core listening genres. If you haven't given a listen to Melodrama yet, that is your Ear Fuel listening assignment this week, beginning to end without any distractions or interruptions, and an open mind, which can be tough with anything dabbling close to the world of pop. And that's our big winner, my 2017 album of the year, my favorite album of the year, Lord's Melodrama. So there you have it, the 2017 Ear Fuel Music Awards. What was your record of the year? What was your biggest disappointment of the year? Hit me up on Twitter at at GetEarFuel and at the Daily Guru with your picks. Now, before we wrap the episode, I do, of course, have your weekly Ear Fuel listening assignment. For those of you new to the podcast, each week I assign an album to listen to in full, beginning to end, without any distractions or interruptions. It stems from the fact that these days, music has been largely relegated to a background task. You're at the gym, you're at work, you're driving, you're on the subway, whatever. And this assignment is about taking some time each week to consciously listen to music for the sake of music alone. This week, well, like I said, if you haven't listened to Melodrama yet, that's your assignment. If you have already checked that record out, then your assignment is to dig into any of the other award winners and let me know what you thought. So that's all for this week. As always, the podcast is available in the iTunes and Google Play stores, along with at GetEarFuel.com. And you can find me on Twitter at, at GetEarFuel and at the Daily Guru. And if you're one of those Instagram folks, you can follow my musical ramblings at EarFuel. That is your weekly EarFuel. Share and enjoy. Thank you.